Welcome back. Cap J. Hood, ESPN 1000. We're here every weekday morning, 7 until 10. Then it's Carm York, then Greeny, then Waddle and Sylvie, then Black and Abdallah. And we are your home, your brand new home for White Sox baseball. And there is so much optimism for this team to take the next step. And White Sox manager, Hall of Famer, Tony LaRussa, joins us now here on Cap J. Hood. Tony, good morning. How are you, and what was it like the first time you pulled the uniform back on and stepped out in the sunshine and went, oh, God, I'm back in it? Well, when you say first time back in it, the first, my first impression was back with the White Sox. You know, it's just, just to put that uniform on that was the first one You know, back in the uh, late 70s. That was the first impression. Then just getting back um, as manager, after being away for a while, um, but, you know, I've been working into it because I've been here for January, meeting a lot of guys and getting to know the coaches. And so I've been working into that wasn't as uh, much as uh, 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 as putting on the uniform for the first time and seeing the, the socks. Tony, what excites you most about the opportunity to put the uniform back on and manage again? You don't have to do it, but you're doing it. So what excites you most about this? I think that uh, it starts with, you know, the opportunity to compete. Uh, downstairs as opposed to upstairs. Mm-hmm. Not that uh, I don't know. If, absolutely the opposite. I don't disrespect upstairs because I actually have a brand new respect for how hard that job is. Twelve months a year, and but the most the toughest part about it is when the game starts. You're up there and you're helpless. At least downstairs, you know you got your uh, you're you're in, you're in the action, uh, even though it's a player's game. And I get excited about that, but. The real excitement, you know, when you start, everybody's has pressure to, you know, to win games. But if you think you have a legitimate chance to compete, contend, and play in October, so that's that's the most exciting. So, if I had to pick a, uh, the, the thing that overwhelms it on a daily basis, it's our chance to win. Tony, when you look at putting on a uniform, it's the only sport where the manager actually has to dress like one of the players. Have you ever thought, okay, you know what? I'm a 76-year-old man. I'm pretty accomplished. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Maybe I'll just wear a jacket. Um, You know, as soon as I got into baseball, I heard the manager call Skipper and uh, didn't understand. And, you know, I saw he put the uniform on. And you see other, you know, like basketball, football, hockey, they they don't. I remember one time I was at a function with uh, John Madden. And he saw me in the audience, and he, and he says, "Hey, I got to ask you, why, you know, why do they call you Skipper instead of Coach?" And then he said, and, and, "And why do you put a uniform on?" And the only answer that I ever heard that I was willing to repeat was that we're the only uh, sport where you actually go on the field. Uh, and it, I guess you know Connie Mack could do it, but other than that, man, I got no explanation. It's uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, but, it, you know, it's fun to put the uniform on. But I don't pretend to be a player. I'm just glad to be a coach. Well, as a former player, you see more player empowerment across the NBA, NFL, a little bit of Major League Baseball as well, outspoken athletes on social issues. Uh, what do you think of athletes of today that feel more empowered to be able to speak their mind about what's going on in communities across the <clears throat> country? Well, that's a very timely question, but... You know, I'll take one side of it first, and that is, you know, as long as I can remember, which is when I started managing in the late, you know, 79, free agency was already in. 
you know, salary arbitration. Uh, the media was starting, you know, ESPN got in. So uh, players having more control over their future and having a say-so as to where they play uh, and maybe even challenging, you know, the at-bats and the innings, all that has been part of my entire career. So that part of them having, uh, you know, a presence and not just being somebody you could yell at from the office and say, hey, go left or right, that's definitely changed and I'm used to it, and I like it because I think anytime you can invest personality in a player, it brings out the best in him on and off the field. And now, you know, most recently, um, I think the the attention that a lot of the issues are getting, particularly in the in the issue in the uh, on the issue of racial injustice, and and players are are taking a stand, and more importantly, you know. Taking action, I think that's all to the good. So I want to take you back. Uh, you were still managing the Cardinals at the time, and I walked into your office there, and I sat down to do a pregame interview with you, and you had said to me at that point you had been suspended for a game or two. Maybe it was one game. And you said, I decided to go sit in the stands and watch the game like a fan does, and you couldn't believe. How did he not get that bunt down? What do you mean you're going to that guy? <laughs> and it gave you an entirely different perspective when guys like Hoodie and I are screaming, what is LaRusa doing? Why is he using that guy? Well, that's exactly the case. I think that's why for years and years baseball has been so popular. I know you can make the argument I don't get into you know, what's the number one sport? But there's one thing about baseball that you cannot, I don't care how smart you think you are about football or basketball, you're not going to sit there ever with any degree of, you know, certainty and, and yell at the coach. And, you know, what were you thinking? Maybe because you would win or didn't go on fourth down or something. But in baseball, man, I mean, it's right there in front of you. You know, there's you know, there's not a lot of uh, dis- uh, distractions. And, and uh, if you have anywhere from good to real good baseball knowledge, you can have an opinion about the strategy, and I think that's part of the fun. And uh, the other part from when I went up there, it, it really looks easy up there, and I have to remind myself that, you know, down there, now this is a game between, you know, players that are men, not machines, man, and, 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 and you see the reality of how human they are, you know, rise to the occasion or make mistakes or, you know, get distracted, all that stuff. So, uh, like I say, I, I really enjoy the interaction with fans, uh, you know, I like taking questions so they can, you know, challenge you, strategist opinion. But uh, the reality is downstairs, uh, you know how tough this game is and how amazing these players are. Tony LaRusso, the manager of the Chicago White Sox on Captain Jay Hood, right here on the home of the White Sox, ESPN 1000. Um, what's the best advice, Tony, that you received while managing from someplace, maybe someone that was outside of the game or within the game? Oh boy, you guys are doing good, man. It's uh, <laughs> I would go. I go back to uh, a minor league manager in '78 and part of '79 with the White Sox. <clears throat> excuse me. And our farm director was Paul Richards, and you know he was 70 years old there. But man, what a wealth of information! And his background was just ridiculous. And I remember when I got this job long before I deserved it. You know, there in August of '79, he told me he says. When you get up there, trust your gut, don't cover your butt. And what that he meant, people, you know, people, like I said, like we just talked about, people are watching, they know the game, they have opinions, and if you try to back off what you think is right to cover your butt, uh, you'll never know if you're good enough and you won't last long. 
that's one. And the other one, another great, great uh, historic figure in coaching is George Kissel with the uh, Cardinals. And, and, he, uh, and he preached every game is a learning experience. When the game is over, maybe re- really reflect on how you, how you pitched against them, hit against them, learn about us and them, and then pay attention to how the game was played. You know, how, who, how was the game won or lost, you know? And you'll be surprised at the uh, – you'll get the big things, but you'll also see little executions that either were made or missed. And those are, I think, going forward, those are the best two advices I've ever had. So I cannot stand the St. Louis Cardinals. And you're well, a large – I'll see you later. Re- nice yeah, talking to you. Exactly. You're a large <laughs> reason for it because my Cubs, that is my oh, team man. first and foremost. I'm really hanging up on you. Yeah. And every single freaking time, hit behind a runner, yep, they're going to do it. Got to get a bunt down, yep, they're going to do it. And more often than not, you guys would always find a way to do the little thing to win. Get a mark in each inning. Oh, my God, they got one run. Now they got two runs. Do you still have that same philosophy? If I got to get a bunt down, I don't care who's at the plate. We're going to teach everybody to play the game the right way, or has the game changed that much? Well, I'd say you guys are hot. That's a really good question. Because, um, you know, the Cardinals had a Cardinal way, and, you know, they were really proud of it. <clears throat> and it, it But it, it, it reflected. You know, I was raised in what was Kansas City in the Oakland A's organization. It was it reflected how they taught, and there are other organizations that teach it, which is, you know, you play hard with effort, you execute, you got to play the game right, and you got to be tough mentally and physically tough. And execution is exactly what you talked about. Well, the one thing that I can I can uh, I can uh, give an answer to with, you know, some uh, conviction and and uh, and a, a credential is. When I was upstairs uh, the last, what, nine, ten years, I watched the game. And I know the game supposedly has changed in, in the, to the more big ball. And I'm watching game after game. If I wasn't at the game, I'm watching it on TV. There is a place still when it's really difficult to get crooked numbers. And you make a run or stop a run is the difference between winning and losing. So <clears throat> there isn't a whole lot of difference. In fact, there's probably not any difference with the way that the White Sox are going to approach this this year, that uh, I did my <clears throat> as a manager, what I learned, and that is, you know, when you watch a game, you you go to Wrigley Field. If the wind's blowing out, you better look for crooked numbers. Wind's blowing in, you better try and make a run when you can. So it's uh, the game. It's the old thing. You know, the more it changes, the more it stays the same. That's that's the truth about our game. We were just talking just moments ago before you came on, Tony, about your pitching staff and that, you know, with, with Giolito and with, with Lynn, Keuchel, and then you've got, you know, four other choices for the fourth and fifth spot. And I told, I told Cap when, <laughs> when, the, when you had Lance Lynn, when I first saw Lance, I go, my God, it's Lamar Hoyt again. Is that Lamar Hoyt's kid? I mean, he looks just like him from 83. What, what, does, what stands out most about your, uh, your pitching staff this upcoming season? Well, it starts with the way you described it. You know, the, the the balance, the mix of of established and veteran type. Even though, like Lucas, you know, he's still, you know, just I mean, his, he's right at his prime and going to be there for a while. Uh, but Lance has got experience. You know, Keiko's got experience, and then you get the excitement of young guys. To me, one of the keys coming over, you know, especially with Coop not being here, was what was going to happen with our pitching staff as far as coaches. 
And I tell you, uh, the brightest development as far as the staff. Of course, we're just we're talking pitchers and catchers now, mm-hmm. so I'm not disrespecting our uh, infield, outfield, hitting coaches, but the way that Ethan Katz and Kurt Hassler have come together and and the immediate impact that they've made on the veterans, starters, relievers, young guys, um, very encouraging and really speaks well for what we can do this year. We're talking to Tony LaRusso on Cap J. Hood. We are the home of the Chicago White Sox, and the season is right around the corner. Uh, Rick Hahn was on the station yesterday, and he said, man, oh, man, as I've spent the last three months with Tony, his work ethic is off the charts, and I'm even more excited that he's our manager. This offseason was trying for you because you're a Hall of Fame manager. You won three rings. You're one of the greats in the history of the sport, yet you had people doubting you for a variety of reasons. Was it, oh, man, this was really took a toll on me, or it fired you up even more to prove the naysayers wrong? No, I think that, I mean, there wasn't anything that people questioned that I didn't think was legitimate to ask and wonder about me, and that's why, you know, it's all to be proven. Um, I you know, Probably the only one that I, that I looked at and I thought, well, that that's that they just don't know enough, and that is that I've been away from the game, and actually, you know, I've stayed close to the game and have gotten a broader view. But the rest of it, you know, it, it gives me a chance, man. I mean, I've got a you know a policy here, you know, whether it's about our club, it's about me personally. You know, it's not about past wins; it's about the next ones. So, you know, this this club had their experience last year of winning and getting into October. Well, it's all about this year. Just like any of the credentials I have, they're actually immaterial. I mean, it's about our opportunity this year. And and all I think about is, you know, what's next, you know, the next wins. Tony, we all take a look at ourselves in the mirror and try to figure out how we can be better for the next day. For me, it's 1% better every day. How difficult will this offseason for you personally? Well, you know, if you say the personal side, it was uh, torturous. And, uh, but the one thing, you know, I've been, I was raised right by my folks and you make a mistake, you got to stand by it and you admit it and you don't try and explain it where you come out with excuses. So, uh, you know, I made a mistake, bad mistake. And, uh, and I have paid the consequences anyway. Uh, and the one that's the, the, the most difficult is, is the, uh, the family issue, you know, family being disappointed and, and also getting this job in a right away <clears throat> White Sox fans thinking, well, it, yeah, you know, wondering about whether he's been away from the game too long, and you see the other issue. Uh, I, I definitely did not want to distract from the excitement of this of our fans and the excitement of this club. So, work every day to you know earn the respect here and the trust, and prove that I that the staff and I can help. There's something that you look at your team and you go, "I'll hang my hat that that is going to be great," and I'm concerned about that both the dichotomy is there one for each well the, the the thing i'm most excited is everything i mean this team talent wise <clears throat> checks the box every box coaching staff checks the box you know player development <clears throat> i mean this staff was put together by the work of kenny and rick and jeremy and the scouts you know i mean this is all those boxes get checked so the big the big one is <clears throat> that you need to rec- we need to recognize we're really good and we have a chance and let's take our best shot at it. But also understand there are other really good clubs in both leagues, and uh, if we want to be successful, 
make sure that we don't walk around, you know, clueless about how tough it's going to be. Tony, we were just talking this, about this story this week um, with Boog Shambi about Major League Baseball saying that they're they're going to kind of tighten the baseball a little bit more. Uh, and my my thought is, you know, don't expose your business. If you're Major League Baseball, don't say, say that you're going to tighten the baseball because they want to have more balls in play. Just do it. Uh, how do you how do you look at that from Major League Baseball's standpoint? Because hey, I don't go to the ballpark and say, boy, that's just way too many home runs. Yeah, as much as I love doubles and triples as well, I I still think that the the home run is an attraction in baseball. How do you see the game being almost strikeout or or not, or home runs more times than not? Well, I I start with with the tough situation in Major League Baseball, and also Player Association. You know, there's a lot of people that are looking for information. They want they, you know they're interested in the sport. So if you don't if you don't give information, you know, then it's like you're stiff or you're giving them the Heisman, and that's not smart. So you have to give have to get information. But uh, the answer is that you know, uh, in fact, we had a discussion about this last year. If, if several of us, you know. We 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 asked each other to define what's the most entertaining baseball that you can find, and every one of them included putting the ball in place so you see these amazing athletes defend, run the bases, and you know once in a while hit it out of the park, but then put it in a play when putting it in a play is a winning situation. So it's just it's the combination. And that's what we talked about earlier. You know yeah. You hit home runs because you because you hit, put a good stroke. You try to hit home runs, you hit less, and you strike out a lot, and you, and you don't entertain. So, we're going to just try to make hard contact. The guys that have power hit home runs, and the guys that don't get on base, and, and you know you score a lot of runs second and third with a lousy single to center field. So, uh, I just think that uh, put the ball in play. What fans want entertainment, and strikeouts more than hits is not entertaining. Tony, thank you for your time. We look forward to talking to you a lot throughout the season. No, I, I won't tell anyone. Just tell me quietly, how excited are you to play the Chicago Cubs and how much did you hate when you were the Cardinal manager and you had to hear that song at the end of the game? <laughs> you know, hate is, I, 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 I never got to hate. i tell you what, I, I really, my first year there, when I was playing, we were playing in, in Wrigley Field. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, Wrigley Field fans were, you know, were, and, and, you know, there for a few years they weren't good, but then they got really good. In fact, they beat us a couple of times, but, you know, in the division. So I all of a sudden, in the middle of the game, all of a sudden I hear, let's go Cards, and then let's go Cubs. I mean, I, I thought it was a great experience. And <clears throat> to me, the competition that turns you on, <clears throat> you do your best. And it's what we teach. It's what I was taught. If you win, <clears throat> there's a right way to win. You celebrate. If you lose, you tip your cap. So, uh, you know, even when uh, you listen to the song or we, the bus would leave and, the, and they were hooting at you, I, I just thought, hey, it's your turn, and I tip my cap. Hey, man, have a great day. <laughs> have a good day today on the field, and we look forward to talking to you a lot. Now, if you think I meant all that, you know, then I... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you hated that song. <laughs> have a good day, Tony. There you go. Oh, That's Tony LaRussa.